Lord would just say as you're keeping, keeping, keeping my blood, my righteousness, my gift before you. It will keep you. It will ground you. It will remind you from where you've come. You are here by grace. You are here by a gift. Oh, let that blood remain center. Let that blood remain forefront. It was that blood applied to the doorpost that caused the death angel to pass over. That blood has marked you. You're a covenant child, redeemed by that blood, not corruptible things, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, keep that blood foremost. Keep that blood in your foremost center of your being. See it, know it. You were bought with a price. That was the price. That blood is your value to me. That blood, that blood. Oh, no, know the love of that cup, the love of that blood, a blood shed for you. This is my blood shed for you. Welcome to the Door of Life Church podcast. Our mission is to share the love of Jesus with the world and believers, to teach them how to walk in victory, and to help them find and fulfill God's plan for their life. If you have any comments about today's podcast, please contact us through our website at dooroflife.org. Door of Life Church, where faith meets real life. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning in a passage of Scripture. Actually, we're going to be kind of picking up in some ways where we left off last week. <clears throat> As we said, we started a series last week called Walking in the Spirit, okay? Walking in the Spirit. It's such a powerful truth that we find throughout the Word of God, and sometimes it can sound a little mystical, you know, walking in the Spirit, what does that mean? And um, I just really sensed that you know, we really need to take a look at walking in the Spirit, take it head on, because there's such a promise that's attached to the idea of walking in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's quite a promise. And a lot of times we spend a lot of our times trying to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we found from last week that what we called is part one, of the message last week was walking in the Spirit. Again, there's four parts to this. But the first one that we had to kick off was what we called walking in the Spirit, willpower versus spirit power. The Apostle Paul hit this inflection point. He put it this way, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. So he's saying, I want to do the right thing. I will to do the right thing. Even though I will to do the right thing, there's not power in my will to perform what I want to do. I got willpower. Like we said, it's almost like a tug of war, you know, in some ways. And on one end of the rope, I got willpower. On the, end of, uh, the other end of the rope is the law of sin and death. And I'm just having a hard time winning this game with my will. 
And when he talks about flesh, you know, I'm taking two, I'm mashing two scriptures together because it's important for us to put concretely what we, what we mean. When Paul's saying the things that I don't want to do, he's talking about this stuff, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. This is the stuff I don't want to do that I do, that I find that are just, in another place as he goes on, he says, you know, I find then a law that when I want to do good, evil is present with me, all right? So he's dealing with this battle of his flesh in which nothing good dwells, but his willpower isn't cutting it. He can't, he can't win this battle in the strength of his own will. So he cries out ultimately, and you can kind of look at the message from last week to get the full thing. I'm just doing a quick flyover. But he says, help me. You know, he, but he goes, the, the cool thing is he goes, I will not, I will not to do this, I will. And then finally at the end of his, I will, I will, I will not, he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? And that's the conclusion that we got to come to. It's not a matter of I will, I will. It's a matter of who will. Because I need another will. I need another strength that's bigger than my willpower. So he goes on to give us that answer, and he says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has the power that my willpower doesn't to make me free from the law of sin and death. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit, flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you wish. So we saw that, you know, I, my willpower can't win the tug of war against the law of sin and death, but there is a power. There's the power of the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus that you walk in when you walk in the spirit. That's why you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we looked at last week again, that word lust simply means strong desire. You know, in other words, the flesh, world and the devil, has strong desire against the things of the spirit. Very jaded, very cynical. But the spirit has strong desire against the things of the flesh. And that strong desire that the spirit has against the things of the flesh is what gives you the strength to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you're walking in that spirit, you're coming under the influence of the spirit. It's not like, well, I know I really shouldn't, but... No, when you're walking in the Spirit, there's a desire against those things. It's like, wow, usually I'd bite on this, but I just the desire isn't there. And it's not me. It's the Spirit. It's a strong desire. In other words, I can't win this with willpower. I will, I will, I will, I will, I fail. Who will? The law, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There's a way to walk. There's a way to tap into a strength that's greater than our own willpower. But that's the point of why we want to walk in the Spirit. That's why we take these next three services to really get into the how-tos of walking in the Spirit and the first, you know, because this is what we want. We want that power. We want to walk in that precious law of the Spirit of life. So we get some practical insights on how to do this. Colossians 3 says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Um, this is Romans 8, 5. For those who are living according to the flesh, are controlled by its unholy desires. Set their, those, who are, those who are according to the flesh 
and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. So this is where we said again last week, you know, we were singing about the blood. I mean, the way into the salvation is simple. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. If God had to make it available for whosoever will, it couldn't be complicated. It had to be simple. It's a free gift. That, you know, and, and that's kind of what we were talking about last week. You kind of come to those two universal conclusions about sin. You know, my own natural goodness isn't good enough to stand in the presence of a holy God. I need help. I need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse me, to make me righteous, and make me a child of God. I need the washing of regeneration by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I need that. No matter how much I will it, even on my best day, I can't stand in the presence of a holy God. That's conclusion number one. Conclusion number two, you know, my own natural willpower isn't strong enough to live for a holy God. I need help. I need the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to make me free from the law of sin and death. These are two surrenders. The first surrender gets us in the kingdom. Now that we're in the kingdom, there's another surrender that we come to. This surrender was written to Christians. This isn't preaching the gospel to try to get people saved. This is, try to, this is for people who are already saved to be free from the law of sin and death. And that's where this is the second decision we have. This simple, what? it's really simple, right? And sometimes people say, you mean you just call upon the name of the Lord? It's got to be more to it than that. I got to check some more boxes. It's just that simple. And we humble ourselves as a little child. We believe it. We receive it. And yeah, it really is that simple. This is simple too. In other words, this had to be simple so whosoever will could be saved. This has to be simple too so that whosoever will, who just got saved, can also live free from the law of sin and death. A lot of times people want to get complicated to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, we humbled ourselves a little child, we got in. But sometimes we as Christians can complicate things. Here's a come. We got to return to a simplicity and go, man, it's simple again. Got to humble myself as that little child again and realize it's setting your mind on things above. And so that's what I want to look at this morning. And what we're simply calling this, walking in the Spirit, ways to walk. There are so many different ways that we can set our mind on things above. There are so many ways that we can engage the Spirit, because that's really what happens. Any one of these ways we're going to talk about this morning to walk in the Spirit are ways that you engage the Spirit. You get out of your own bubble and you engage the Spirit of God, okay? And so I'm just believing this morning that we're going to get that, that revelation. Um, and just to kind of maybe go over one more little piece of ground from last week, when we realize that we're losing this battle here and we're weak, there's a decision that we got to come to. And that's where Paul said, he said, you, you know, if you're led of the Spirit, now if you're, if you're walking in the Spirit, you're not under the law. 
In other words, if I'm losing this tug-of-war game and I'm weak and I'm frustrated and I'm feeling the insecurity because I'm in my flesh and all that and I fail or I miss it, I got to decide, am I going to come over into condemnation or am I going to come over into the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus? In other words, when I'm losing this battle, I got to realize I got a power problem and I can't, I can't condemnation can't give me the strength to win that battle. Condemnation won't give me any more pull. In fact, it'll further weaken my pull. In fact, you'll probably cave and do double down. If you, that's what condemnation will do. The spirit, we're under the spirit. So when I'm weak, it's like, oh, that's just me condemned. See, that's what the people under the old covenant they had. They had truth and willpower. How did that work out? No one righteous, no, not one. We're on this side of the cross. We have more than truth and willpower. We have truth and willpower and the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. We have exceedingly great and precious promises. And so in other words, when I'm dealing this battle, I'm conditioning myself when I'm weak to realize, oh, I'm not going to say, oh, poor me, I just can't, you know, I just can't, I just can't seem to win this. Yeah, you and everybody else. It's the same inflection point that we all come to. At some point, we're reconditioning ourselves. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind that when I feel weak, instead of going, I'm going to go, okay, I need more power in my tank. I need more gas. I need more stuff in there. You know, it's that that condemnation is just going to, you know, it's that old cycle. But you never really grow. But there's something that has to happen. You get a revelation that the stuff you've been saying you believe is really true. And it changes the way you begin to walk. The way you walk, the way you walk, the way you live. And I'm conditioning myself, hey, I'm not beating myself up because I'm so weak. I just need to get some more gas in the tank. I need the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I don't have to come to the same conclusion that Paul did in Romans 7 and live in Romans 7. I got revelation so that I can move over into Romans 8. So how do you do that? What does it look like in real life? When you begin to walk in the Spirit and the ways that you can walk in the Spirit, concretely walk. You know, a lot of times in our, um, uh, well, when you think of food or diet, we've got food groups. And when you think of ways to walk, that's kind of what I did this morning. I broke them into several food groups, okay? There's different, you got your, you know, fruits and veggies and you got your carbohydrates and proteins and what those different basic things that you need just to maintain an overall health. As we walk in the Spirit, there's different ways that we walk, and we need all these different food groups as part of our walk. We need all this supplemental strength of the Spirit to strengthen us in our walk. And so we're going to take a look at that this morning. Um, ways to walk ways to walk in the Spirit. The first one I'm simply calling listening ways, okay? Listening ways. Now, when I'm talking about listening ways, that could be listening, it could be reading, it could be watching. It's when you're observing and taking in. The Scripture says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The point is, before you can trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's Word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. You know, I'm I'm amazed... have you ever been amazed at your own weakness of your own flesh? Have you ever been amazed at your ability to forget things that you knew so well? And you come back to and go, wow, I knew that already. And there it is. We as human beings, that's a, it's a weakness that we can have. And there is something about walking in the Spirit that when we really 
get intentional about walking in the Spirit, we realize that we've got to be intentional, intentional about what we're listening to, what we're hearing, what we're seeing, putting things in front of us because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We're listening to things that spark faith. We're listening to things that cause things to go off. Now, let me kind of say this too in connection with, um, well, in our society, cancel culture, you know, kind of, kind of taking things out of sight, taking things out of earshot. A lot of times we live in a world that's antagonistic toward spiritual things. So there can be a, a desire to don't look, don't look there. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Don't look here or there because there are things you can see that will spark faith, that will cause your heart to look up. Now, we understand that in the, in the world we live in, okay? But we got to take that whole idea and think about our own lives personally. Are we cancel culturing ourselves? What do we look, watch? Now, this is not a do and don't holiness thing. This is about understanding and coming from a place of realizing the importance of listening and how listening affects our walk in the Spirit. Because you remember, we're biting this battle. There's a law of the Spirit of life, but there's a law of sin and death. I can listen to things that are going to strengthen this guy's pull, or I can listen to things that are going to strengthen that law of the Spirit of life as I'm overcoming things. So what I'm listening to really matters. It matters on both ends. And to be aware of that, okay, we got we to gotta, we gotta take a fresh Bible approach to life, you know, kind of strip off the old religiosity and the old religious paradigms and the old, maybe the holiness paradigms and the, forget all that. Be very practical and realize that this stuff matters. What I'm hearing affects me. It affects what I'm, what I'm believing. When I hear something, it's going to affect what I believe. If I'm feeding and sowing to an area and I'm just spending all day, I'm going to begin to believe that. It's going to affect what I believe over time. And so here's a cool, I think, a cool instance where we see the Apostle Paul when he's preaching. Uh, he says, now when we were there at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with a crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized that he had the faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up, and the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Now, this is an interesting situation because Paul's preaching the gospel, but we know that he isn't turning to the gospel of John when he's preaching the gospel. The New Testament hasn't been written yet. He's probably preaching out of Isaiah 53, you know, that... The iniquity of, all, of us all was placed on him, by whose stripes you were healed. It's interesting. It didn't say he had the faith to be saved. He had the faith to be healed. He heard something that caused faith to come. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And this is the cool thing, because you can think, well, you know, I admire people who have faith in this area, or maybe I'm struggling with something. I can listen to something in that area. I can get faith in any area that I want. I can begin to feed on things that are going to feed my faith in something. It could be physical healing. It could be relationship stuff. It could be financial wisdom. It could be um, different things. Whatever that area of your life is, there are things that we can feed on that will cause faith to come and be intentional about getting faith on the inside of us. So when we're talking about listening ways, 
I'm talking about um, different forms of listening. First of all, I just want to get this concept that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. There are listening ways. We'll kind of get into the specifics and some of the other things too, but I want to go a little bit more further into the principle. Um, Luke 10, 38 through 42. As Jesus and Nicodemus continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into, their, into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I'm doing all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's listening. And I want this image to get into your heart, into your mind. When I'm talking about this um, spiritual food group of listening, watching, observing, could be reading as you're taking things in. We say it at Door of Life all the time. You know, there's the sermon that I'm preaching, but then there's the second sermon of the Holy Spirit that you're getting on the inside. Now, the sermon I'm preaching you're a person in a chair, in a room, observing a pastor giving a sermon. But the second of sermon of the Holy Spirit you're experiencing, you are, in a sense, at the feet of Jesus, and you're getting the things that he is showing you specifically about what I'm saying. You understand? When we listen, when we engage in spiritual things, it's not just, I read my deal, I'm listening. I'm listening what is Jesus saying about what I'm hearing? What is Jesus saying about what I'm seeing, about what I'm reading? Reading the word of God, different, different avenues, but there is this paradigm. And this is why listening is so important because it's directly engaging you at the feet of Jesus to hear what he is saying. Have you ever, you know, um, just read a book and it blessed you? You might've read a book and it just changed your life opened your eyes, changed your direction. Praise God. You were reading something, but the Holy Spirit was speaking to you through that book. You're at the feet of Jesus. He's showing you things. You're listening. And what, ha what happens? Faith is coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, it doesn't say inspiration. This is, I don't need inspiration. I need faith. I need the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I need something to see, to believe, to know. That's what he gives you. That's what he'll impart into your spirit. He gives you that faith as we sow, as we believe that he is and we seek him. There's a faith that we receive, that he responds, that is dropped in our heart. It, in other words, I'm hearing something and the spirit in me is saying, yes, that's true. That's right. That's good. All right. That's more than just my ears. That means the Holy Spirit's engaged in what I'm hearing. And there's something about the action of hearing truth through your ears, through your eyes, observing that witnesses to the Holy Spirit that causes that strengthening of the Spirit to come. It's a way of the Spirit. It's a way I set my mind on things above. In other words, I'm just setting my mind on things. You came to church by faith this morning, and the Holy Spirit has spoken to you through different songs, different words, different scriptures. All you're doing is you're coming by faith, you're setting, but the supernatural part is something we all can't see with our eyes. It's something you're experiencing in your heart. That's amazing. That's powerful. Again, the old paradigms of 
just how much do I do things and all that, that's got to be out the door. We got to see the power of the Spirit in the way that we live for God. Why? Because if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I need gas in my tank. I need the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I need that filling of the Holy Spirit. I need that strengthening with might by His Spirit in my inner man. Now, when we think about some of this stuff, we think about maybe books, movies, teachings, music. I know a popular um, series in the life of Christ has been The Chosen. And there's some, you know, there's some, some of those episodes I really, really enjoy, and I've watched multiple times. There may be some songs you really enjoy, listen to multiple times. Why do you listen to it multiple times? You know, the scripture warns against vain repetition, right? We don't want to do vain repetition. What is vain repetition? Vain repetition is vain. I want people to see and know how many times I'm doing this so they'll be impressed with my spirituality. Or it's vain because I want to impress God and do it so many times that I'm going to finally get his attention and he'll have to do something. That's vain. Non-vain repetition is when you do something over and over and over because there's another second sermon, there's another second sermon, there's another second sermon. There's more, 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 more in that. And how have you done that? You've watched that same thing over. You got more, and I got more, and I got more, and I got more. That's repetition. It's not vain. That's the Psalm 1 guy. You meditate in it day and night because you're continually feeding on it. I mean, I got a hold of some messages on spirit, soul, and body early on. I think back in 86, I would listen to like a 12-tape series. I listened to it over and over, and I was so glad because it was like I was given permission you know, we know we can listen, we can sing the same worship song over and over, and we don't throw a flag on that. But you know, you can listen to the same message over and over, you can read the same book of the Bible over and over and over again. Repetition is huge part of filling up. You find a book that blesses you, feed on that thing. You watch a, um, a song that really blesses you, it's okay, put it on the loop. There's more, you, you know there's, there's some more stuff there that the, you're at the feet of Jesus that he is showing you out of that. We're spiritual beings, and we got to plug into the spiritual life and the avenues that God has given us. Got to get it out of the realm of the religious duty stuff and see it as spiritual life, a whole new paradigm of seeing things. There's life in that. I'm going to plug into that. Again, it could be a book. could be a movie. could be something, you know, for um, the men's retreat, we're doing Lord of the Rings. Well, that's not a Christian movie per se, you know, but there's a lot of cool allegory in there, and you can look at it, and you can draw on it, and we can fellowship and, and begin to look at some of these things that are in that movie and draw strength out of it. If there are things that you know bless you, man, plug into that and be open as the Spirit leads you to some different things that He can show you that are going to bless your life and put something into you in this battle. I'll tell you, you get so spiritually aware it puts to death the deeds of the body. It occupies your heart and your mind and your focus where you're filled. And that stuff just has no, it loses its appeal because I'm walking in the spirit. Things of the spirit just get exciting. You know, they'll say, um, time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're in the spirit. Have you noticed that? You can be fellowshipping with somebody and say, man, it's it been an hour already? What? Seems like we just started talking. That's what it's like when you get in the spirit. There's power in the Spirit. There's power when we can begin to plug into these things. And we don't have to worry about brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so judging our consecration or walk. This is all different. I need the power of God. I need to fill up. I need to fill up on the things that I'm seeing and things that are blessing me. And finally, I want to say this kind of in this context, because like I said, there's really cool things. There's a, it, there can be some good Christian movies. You know, there's one, I think of that one that we watch a lot, um, Facing the Giants. You know, it's this, 
old Kendrick Brothers, well, kind of an old Kendrick Brothers movie now, probably about 20 years ago. But it's, this, it's a story, it's comical, it's funny, but there's spiritual truth in there. And I go back and watch that and I just get moved and I get stirred up to believe God all over again. That's awesome. Here's the thing that I want to point out, though. This is, this is what Paul was writing to the Corinthians. He said, now I say this, let each of you who says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. And I just want to say this as we're talking about this, because, man, like I, I mentioned that movie, Facing the Giants, somebody else could watch it and think, I didn't really get much out of that. That's okay. You don't have to. You understand? That blessed me. And not everybody has to like what I like. Not everybody has to be called to the teacher. Wow, I feel like God's connecting with me. The whole body of Christ needs to be, no, you know, follow what God's showing you to do. And you do what, all things are, look at this, all things are yours. They belong to you. You don't belong to them. You belong to Christ. It's a table spread. You understand? When there are teaching gifts and ministries and all that stuff, it's out there for you to glean. But you belong to Christ. Even as a pastor, he says, don't lord over the flock of God. You don't belong to me. You belong to Christ. There's a ministry of the word of God. But you belong to him. And your identity is him. I am his. He's mine. His banner over me is love. There is that sense, that's the belonging that I have. I thank God for teachers. I thank God for people that can bless me and feed me and minister, but I belong to him. That's important when you're feeding and getting from different teachers or could be prophetic ministries or uh, pastoral evangelistic ministries. That's cool. That's awesome. They're yours. They belong to you. And as the Spirit leads, you glean from those different ministry gifts and enjoy. Praise God. This is a table spread. It's a table, and we look at terms of media. I mean, the main thing on that table is the Word of God, okay? We want to be listening, hearing the Word of God. The Word of God, I'll say a lot of times, is, uh, it's like a Disney movie. It's layered. You know, you might read the book of Galatians when you first get saved. You read it two years later, you read it ten years later. And all of a sudden, wow, well, I'm seeing things in there I didn't see before. You know, in the Disney movie, when kids watch it at a young age, they're kind of laughing at all the physical humor. That's the easy, blatant stuff out there. As they get a little older, they begin to laugh at some of the subtle humor. I'd see Abby just do this recently with Lion King. You know, and all of a sudden, Pumbaa and Timon are having a little exchange, you know. Later on, she's laughing. She's getting a humor there that she didn't get before. She was just laughing at the... And the Word of God is like that. You're going to continue to feed. You're going to continue to unfold and see things. you got to hook up because I'll tell you what, when you're doing this tug of war game and you go back again to the Word of God and you begin to read it, you begin to see things that you didn't see before that gives you that, okay, calls things out that I didn't see before. That's why we're not one and done when it comes to the Word of God. We continue to go back into it. We continue to feed in it. And I'm just saying, those things, those listening ways, man, they are powerful to receive and glean. Also, the other food group that I want to talk about is what I'm calling speaking ways, okay? Um, speaking ways are powerful. Uh, let me see here. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at the first scripture. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I need a filling. I got to get full. I'm on empty. I'm down to willpower and I'm losing. I need the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We looked last week at the Apostle Peter with willpower. I'll never deny you, you know? Before the rooster crowed twice, denied him three times, you know? 
We'll do that with the Lord. I'll never do this again. Before the rooster Christ, we've done it three times. You know, it's with willpower. But then when he was full of the Holy Spirit, he stood before the Sanhedrin and called him out and said, this, Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified, he is Lord in Christ. There's no other name given under heaven whereby man must be. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Empty, full. We're the same way. There's things that we'll do full of the Holy Spirit that we would never do if we were empty. We got to get filled up. There's battles we'll win full of the Holy Spirit that we can't win when we're empty. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music in your hearts to the Lord. That's what we were doing this morning. We were singing, we're getting filled up. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What a beautiful picture of getting filled. There is a, there's a physical expression of speaking or singing or declaring. Why is speaking such a big deal? And why is it different than merely listening? This is a different food group. And we need this food group. We need all these food groups. I'm telling you what, sometimes your Christian walk can comprise of a few. You look at those things above and say, oh, I do about three of those things. And that's my good three. Those are my go-to three. That's good you got those three. But the Lord may want to put a few more golf clubs in your bag. You know, I can get up and down the, I can get up and down the range on just a driver if I want to, but man, it's going to be awkward. He's given us a lot of clubs, a lot of different ways to get filled, to get stirred up in the Spirit of God. And one of these ways is when we vocalize, we speak. Because speaking is the one thing, well, we're, a, we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, speaking is the one thing that engages the whole man. When I'm speaking something, my, of course, my physical body's involved because I'm speaking. I'm moving my mouth. I'm making noises. I'm declaring sounds and words. It's a physical act. But as I'm speaking something, it's also registering on my mind. I'm consciously aware and I can hear mentally. My soul is engaged in what I'm saying. I have a conscious awareness of it. And then when I speak it out, maybe I'm saying, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I'm speaking that physically. I'm consciously aware of it. And then my spirit is saying, amen, amen. There's a witness of the spirit that says, that's true. That's true. It brings your whole being into agreement when you begin to speak something. Spirit, soul, and body, you're all in and all involved. That's the power of the speaking food group. There's a speaking that involves worship. There's a speaking that involves declaring songs, hymns, spiritual songs. And there's a speaking that declares speaking and declaring the word of God. These are powerful ways that we, that we engage the spirit when we're speaking. When you're agreeing, you're singing those words up there about the blood this morning? And it's not by perfection. It's only by the blood. You want to be worthy? It's only by the blood. That's true. You're singing it, and there's someone on the inside of you going, amen, 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 amen. It's engaging your whole being. It's filling you up with the Spirit of God. It's causing you to be aware of the spirit world again that can so easily be distracted by our stuff. All of a sudden, my mind and my heart's filled with the Spirit of God, and I'm aware of spiritual things again, letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, and then speaking to one another. Fellowship, again, another powerful way we fellowship. It's wonderful to have stories, Holy Ghost stories, you know, that are, um, you know, we'll joke sometimes. We had a, a 
campfire, a late night, uh, kind of a night campfire at the church, instead of having ghost stories, we're going to have Holy Ghost stories, where we share what the Holy Ghost has done. And it's exciting to hear and to, hear, to, be, in, to be able to testify. You know, the Bible says that, the te- we looked at this a few weeks ago, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When you begin to testify what God's done in your life, there's an anointing on that testimony. And, you know, that fellowship that we have with other people, there's an imparting, there's a supply of the Spirit that we're building each other up with. And so this speaking food group is a big part of getting filled with the Spirit of God. Now, we see an example, stark example of Jesus where he's speaking, Son of God. Again, the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain, showed him the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So we're seeing here Jesus, what is he doing? He's declaring the word of God. I love how, um, I love how we have this example of Jesus speaking the word of God as our example. He didn't say, I'm Jesus, get away from me. He says, It is written. It is written. Jesus was engaged in the Spirit. Even when he was resisting the devil, he was resisting with, it is written. And a lot of times when we're feeling weak, we're feeling down, and we got our problem and our situation, and the Bible says, I got to forgive, and the Bible says, I got to, you know, that I, this, I, I've got more power. You, you, your theology is nagging you. There's something that's going to happen. In the speaking part is when it begins to get almost, um, I don't want to say the word graphic, but something that is very specific to your situation. In other words, it's not just like, you know, um, uh, you know, I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Sometimes there will, the Spirit of God will lead you to a song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And you'll begin to sing a song that the Lord puts on your heart. There's an anointing on that song to sing it. And the Spirit of God will move you. That's the beautiful, powerful thing about music. It can specifically take a spiritual truth and expound it. And you can begin to declare it. I might, be, I might declare that word of God. I might sing that song. What my, what's my point is, it doesn't always have to be the same thing. You know, the word doesn't change. I can declare the word of God. But listen, listen. I'm not doing this robotically or mechanically. I'm listening to the Spirit of God. Sometimes I'll say that, man, Lord, there's a lot on that table. What do you want me to go for? Show me. It's not like this is not a new law. Man, I only had 10 commandments under here. No, I got a bazillion things I got to keep track of. No, not at all. It's a table spread. They're all yours. It's not like I got to do all this stuff. No, I'm just listening. What what, what do you want? Have you put a song on? Yeah, that's it. That's it. The Spirit will lead you. Show me, Lord. Begin to show me some things. Anyway, as, as we're looking at this, I, I love this example. Um, the scripture says, well, do not, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand on the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, goes on to say, but take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. And again, so when I'm wrestling, and I don't care what work of the flesh you got going on in your head, it's not flesh and blood on the other under that rope. All right? You're wrestling, but it's not flesh and blood. It's powers and principalities. And there's a razor-sharp sword of the spoken word of God. And I love this because when demonic wisdom comes, it is controlling the conversation and the narrative of your head. 
And you can choose to change that conversation and say, no, it is written. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. It is written, the wisdom that is from above is pure and peaceable and gentle and full of mercy and good fruit. There's no partiality. There's no hypocrisy. That is not you, Father God. Therefore, I resist that in Jesus' name. That's not God. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth except that which is good for the use of edification. Can willpower do that? Willpower can't do that. By faith, you speak that, and the spirit power can do that. This is an important paradigm. This is where the old religion, willpower, and truth is out the door. We needed Jesus to die on that cross. We needed the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to make us free from the law of sin and death. But we're operating by faith in things that give us the power to win that battle. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why is that? Because the spirit has the power to help you do what you know you should do. In other words, with willpower, I know what to do, but, the, but how to perform, I cannot tell. With the Spirit of God, you have the power to perform what you know is right. That's the difference. It's not a nagging theological truth that I should forgive. I got the power to forgive. I got the power to set my mind on things above. There's a power to do what's right. And that's where, the, that's, that's where this inflection point comes. Samuel, I love this. This is, you know, David before Goliath. This day the Lord, this is David talking to Goliath. Of course, Goliath just got done saying a bunch of junk to David, but he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. This day I will give your carcass to the camp of the Philistines and the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all, that, and all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. There's going to be some times when you're, and Jesus put it this way. He said, have faith in God. As surely I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he'll have whatsoever he says. There's going to be some times when you're speaking things. You're going to be speaking faith. And there's this, maybe it could be a narrative, it could be a, a weight and sin that besets you, and all of a sudden just out of the way you say, I have victory over that, and that thing will not dominate me. I don't care. I know it's, you know, with the, uh, what was it, with the Hebrew children, it was 400 years with those Egyptians. But he said, you will see them this day no longer. They're gone. And that's what happens when you rise up on the inside. I don't care. I'm speaking. I'm declaring. I'm speaking to Goliath, and I'm speaking to mountains. Yeah. That's something that you have. It's a whole different food group. But you need that food group. It engages your whole being. You hear yourself say it. Your natural mind says, really? And your spirit says, yeah, really? Yes. And you go, yeah, really? Yes. All right. It puts a grip. This is an inspiration. This is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's the grip that you get. So there's a speaking side of this stuff. Finally, there's just praying ways. I'm going to close with this. Jesus said, but when you, when you pray, go into your room. When you've shut your door, pray to your father who's in the secret place. Your father who sees it in secret will reward you openly. In other words, Jesus has shown us how to pray to him. Message says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can, as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Jesus wanted this prayer because this is another powerful, this is the final food group, but this is a powerful food group that we need. There's a proactive sowing to the Spirit where I'm listening, gleaning. There's also a proactive speaking and declaring things that are true, but there's also a, an engaging with God. And this is where cool, powerful things happen. Our lives are messy, you know? If you notice that, it's easy to theologically preach clean, straight lines in real life. We need a place to go for God. You might not get everybody, you might not, you might not perfectly follow the sequence of somebody's step program or sermon or message. You come into this place with God, with the Holy Spirit, and you just be there 
as um, humbly as you can manage, honestly as you can manage in the focus shifts. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just begins to show you that next thing. And then, okay, then that thing. And then this thing. But this is the sweet presence way we set our mind on things above. I'm not coming into that place role-playing before God. I'm coming into that place to just hear and listen and let the Holy Spirit get what's in my heart out. That's all he's saying do. Just get what's in your heart out. That's just sweet fellowship with the Lord. This is what the blood bought for us, restored fellowship with God. We got the garden back. That's it right there. I can walk in the cool of the day right now because I'm his child and walk with him. Yes, with all the growing up spiritually, I still have left to do. I don't have, because in my spirit, in your spirit, you're a child of God. You're born again. You're a new creation. You're, you are there. Yes, you got some things you're working with out here. But on the inside, he's made you brand new. He's done an amazing thing. Jesus said this, and I, I like to just use this as a, a template. You know, people can get religious with anything. You can get religious with the Lord's Prayer. I know, say the Lord's Prayer 50 times, and then God's going to do this for you. That's not what we're talking about here this morning. We're talking about the Lord's Prayer that God gave as a template to kind of get a big picture. And sometimes when I'm over here and I'm going, uh, and I'm kind of going, what? I'll use that Lord's Prayer as just kind of a, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, you are worthy of praise no matter what. You are worthy of praise. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can just pray about the will of God. Lord, show me what to do. Give us this day our daily bread. That could be just our needs. could be a financial thing. It could be things there that I'm just believing God to, to provide for. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Oh, that's the relationship stuff. Okay, Lord, you want to clear my heart out and keep my heart clear and free from bitterness. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, I'm looking to you as my protector today to go before me. I'm not going to live in fear because you are my deliverer. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. These are just some wonderful, I love this prayer. A lot of us know it, but it's a great, it's not, don't, don't lose this. This isn't, my, this isn't, the Lutheran's prayer or the Catholic's prayer, it's the Lord's prayer. And he spoke as the Father gave him permission to speak. And it would be easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for this prayer to pass away. Don't lose the, the amazing, beautiful value of this prayer and go through that and, and allow it to be. I'm, saying that, I'm not saying you've got to pray this or pray it religiously. I'm saying this is a beautiful thing the Lord gave us to help us when we're in here. Because we can come in here and we're like, blah, I don't know where to start. Well, there's a place you can start and just begin to go through and walk through. You might get to the first one, I will be done on earth, and all of a sudden you're just off and prophesying about your future and you never finished the rest of the prayer. That's okay. That's not cheating. Or you might, or today may be brought to you by the letter, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our others. And that's the one you're off on, all right? It's like Sesame Street. What's it today brought to you today by? It's just a good place that you can have as a starting point, you know, to kind of touch certain parts of your heart and see if there might be something there to pray. That's a good practical way as we engage the Lord in prayer. First Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting your cares upon him for he cares for you. It's a time where we can begin to cast cares, anxieties, anxious for nothing, everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let our requests be made known to God. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I've had that where I've gone into a place of prayer. I've just got what was in my heart out. I didn't know any more than when I went in, but when I went, something was left there. And it's like, okay, it's on the Lord. It's on him. He's caring for me. That's a beautiful way that we engage in, in the spirit of God is when we can get some of that junk in our heart out and just let him carry it for us. Finally, this is the ultimate 
I think, when I think of filling up, this is our 24-7 BP right here. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is a vital prayer connection. We've got a throne of grace that we can come to in prayer that was established for us to be able to pray through, pray about whatever it is that we need. That prayer is precious. It is a precious fellowship time that we have with God. There's just fellowship with prayer. There's different forms of prayer, praying, faith prayers. There's going to be prayers of, um, you know, just forgiving others. But this is the beautiful place where you get to know God and get to know the way of the Holy Spirit. Because he will, sometimes you're going to be in this place of prayer and he's going to say, read that book. I want you to listen to something. Or declare this over that situation. Okay, I'm going to declare that. But the beautiful thing about prayer is where that's where you're going to get some direction on some of these other areas to begin to plug in to the side of the Spirit. But Father, we just thank you this morning for just the different ways that you've given us to be able to walk in the Spirit, the ways to walk, Lord, ways that we can engage your Spirit. I just pray, Lord, that there would just be a breaking off of the old religious paradigm of duty and stuff and vain repetition and junk and to see the beautiful, spiritual, powerful a life that flows through these precious gifts of being able to speak, being able to listen, being able to pray, Father, that we can see the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus flowing through these things and strengthening our spirit, strengthening our heart, Father. I just thank you, Lord. I just pray that you work right now, minister in this place by your spirit to each one here. Just begin to show each of us, Lord, through that second sermon of the Holy Spirit, what this looks like to us, what we can do, how we can begin to, oh, maybe shake things up and get connected to the Spirit in new, fresh ways, maybe ways we haven't done before. I just pray, Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, show us, Lord, your precious ways that we can see and know that your Spirit is going to flow through each one of them and fill us up. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.